This is episode 37 of the Higher Christian Life broadcast, and my name is Steve McCraney. With the Holy Spirit now living inside of us, that's not beside us or around us or by us, but in us, and since the Holy Spirit is God in every sense of the word, why do we try to find our purpose or happiness or joy or meaning in life in something less than God? I mean, why do we look longingly at something less than what we already possess to bring us happiness? Does that make sense to you? Me neither. But we tend to do it all the time and wonder why we fail in our quest to experience this higher Christian life. Today, we'll look at what it means to have the Holy Spirit live within you as we grow in our desire to experience the higher Christian life. So let's jump right in, shall we? Before we begin today, I want to share with you two scripture passages that I'd like you to remember before we start. They're Colossians 2, 9, and 10. And they say this, for in him, in him, Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's talking about Jesus. And you are complete, not in of yourself, but complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Principality and power. Now think, we've spent some time trying to discover the spiritual fullness of realizing that the Holy Spirit, who is fully God in every sense of God, lives in us. As we've shared before, he doesn't live around us or beside us or with us, but he's chosen to live in us. And since he is God living in us with all his attributes and all his characteristics and spiritual gifts and power, the question is, what more do we need? I mean, why do we desire something less than God when we already have God living in us? Why do we want something second class when we already have everything? I mean, think about it. What does the landfill or the city dump have to offer us that is more alluring than, say, a week at the beach or maybe a five-day trip to Disney World? It really doesn't make much sense, does it? Yet we still try to find satisfaction and purpose in our life outside of God when all the source of all we could ever want or be literally now lives in us. And to make matters worse, once we come to understand our purpose in life and that our desire is found only in him, we still try to serve him in the flesh by our own strength and resources with, as you know, dismal results. Try again and fail and try again harder and fail harder and finally give up. I mean, again, it doesn't make much sense, does it? I want you to remember the process that we're in right now. We've been looking at the second of these three truths that will rid you of the guilt and shame of failure in your search and your striving to live the higher Christian life. The, I don't think I can do it anymore, or I try and continue to fail, or oh, what a wretched man that I am. I mean, these truths, once you come to believe them, literally once they're internalized, will give you the courage and the ability 
to live the abundant life in Christ Jesus promised by the power of the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, is the only way it can be experienced, and not in the weakness of pride and self-will and fleshly determination. I think I can do this. I'm going to try harder. The abundant life in Christ, he promised in John 10.10, is only lived through the Spirit. Truth 1 states that you are incapable of pleasing God incapable of producing anything good in your flesh, which is still tied to your sinful nature, no matter how hard you try. We've already looked at that in Romans 7, 18. I mean, that's the bad news. But the good news states in truth too, that God has given you the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in you for the purpose, among other things, to, and this is from Philippians 2, 13, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Let that sink in. In other words, what is impossible to do by your own strength and resources, God has graciously supplied by the Spirit, who now lives not out there somewhere, but now lives in you. It really doesn't get any better than that. But the question we always have is, okay, but what exactly does all that mean? All right, this is where it gets exciting. Just think in the same way that God provided his son to die on the cross as a propitiation, as the atoning sacrifice to provide the forgiveness for our sins. He now has also provides his spirit to dwell in us so that we may experience the power from the spirit to live in this newness of life and have all our needs met by him. God provided his son to meet the need for our salvation. And he also provides the spirit to meet every other need in our life, not just our salvation needs, but also our need for a savior or someone to act as a perfect atoning sacrifice or someone to be an intermediary between you and a holy God. Literally, God has met all our needs. Paul reveals to us the depth of the Holy Spirit meeting these needs. I mean, The verses I'm going to share with you from Philippians 4, these needs he's talking about are not just his spiritual needs, the lofty needs, but his everyday need in life. This is from Philippians 4, 12 and 13. First, it deals with Paul's experience. I know how to be based and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Let me tell you what these words mean. I know how to be abased, to be brought low, to be humbled. And this word especially means in regards to basic needs. And I know how to abound, how to have an abundance, an excess, to have more than enough. Everywhere and in all things, and here's the key word, all things, each, every, the whole, in totality, in completion, without exception, everywhere. And in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. That's his experience. And the lessons he learned, says I have learned, and here's the lesson that he learned. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, that word all. 
I can do everything, each, the whole, in totality, without exception, through Christ who strengthens me. Christ now living in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Paul learned faith by having to experience both need and abundance, just like you and I have learned in our life. And it was the Holy Spirit living in him that imparted to him the strength he needed to overcome all obstacles and to rejoice always in every situation. But it doesn't just apply to Paul. The promise is for each one of us today. And this is a few verses later in Philippians 4 19. This is a very familiar verse, but it's God's promise to you and me regarding the Holy Spirit. And here's what it says. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Again, some of the words. And my God shall supply. That word means to make full, to supply abundantly, to impart richly. It doesn't mean to give you just enough to survive like a prepper but it means to give you more than enough, everything you need exceedingly abundantly beyond all you can ask or think. And my God shall supply all of your need. How? According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's all your needs, everything you need. God will supply with great abundance all of what you will ever need in this life and in the life to come, according to the unfathomable riches in his glory, by and through and because of Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the promise of the Father to you. Think, there's nothing you need that he has not already supplied, prepositioned, to take care of you. But there's more. Think about it this way. Just as the blood of Christ covered all your sins so that you never have to look anywhere or to anyone else to cover them again, so the Holy Spirit has also provided for all your needs so you never have to look anywhere or to anyone else ever again to provide for you or to have those needs met. And this is especially true about you and your desire to meet your own needs. Remember truth one. If Christ's death on the cross was sufficient to pay the penalty for your sins, then the Holy Spirit's indwelling in you is also sufficient to meet all your needs, both spiritually and otherwise. I mean, to believe anything else makes the Holy Spirit less than God. Again, there's more. Just as in your salvation, it was God who did all the work he provided the way for your forgiveness of sin, and all we had to do was receive by faith what God had already provided. Remember how 1 Corinthians 1.30 begins, but of him, because of him, by virtue of him, you are in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to talk about who became from us wisdom of God and, and other attributes. It is because of him as a matter of fact, if you go to Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and 30, it shows you what great lengths God went to to bring you to himself, because God did all the work. Here's what it says. For whom he foreknew, that's God foreknew, he also predestined. 
he predestined God's action to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called God's actions. And whom he called, these he also justified, again, God's action. And whom he justified, these he also glorified, finally, God's action. God provided everything for our salvation, and all we have to do is receive it by faith. In the same way, we must receive by faith what the Spirit has already provided for us in regards to living and experiencing the higher Christian life. When we receive the Spirit, we receive all of Him and everything we need to live a life of sanctification, holiness, service, and joy. After all, he is the Holy Spirit, and he's coming to manifest himself in us, and he is God. We know we cannot produce anything of eternal value from within ourselves by our own strength and resources. We covered that in truth number one. But when the Spirit comes to us with a truckload, a tractor trailer truckload of gifts and godly attributes that the world can't understand, nor can they receive, are ever experienced. These gifts, these blessings, this abundant, joyous, higher Christian life is only reserved for those who belong to him. They are called the fruits of the Spirit, and by them we can experience the higher Christian life or the abundant life in Christ. Do you remember them? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This is what the Holy Spirit has already past tense brought to you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, that means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. All these attributes our world is craving for right now that you desire greatly already you possess in him who dwells in you. And so, if this is true, then what do we do with these great blessings of spiritual fruit? It's really simple. We live by them. And we live by them by letting the Holy Spirit live through us. Listen carefully. We embrace the life of surrender, of absolute giving ourselves up to Him, which is the definition of the higher Christian life. Galatians 5 Just two verses later, verse 25 says this, If we live in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. So rejoice today, for you already have everything you need right now in you, truth number two, to live a life of godliness and holiness, a life pleasing to the Lord. So begin today. Make a commitment today, surrender today, and begin to experience the higher Christian life. I hope this has been a blessing to you. We'll talk again tomorrow. Until then.